Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, December the 18th, 2023. It is currently 3.18 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, it's been a crazy day. All right, we got some breaking news early this morning. I I went on the air. I did about 40 minutes of talking about the breaking news. I've been trying to follow it to the best of my ability. I've been somewhat shocked that there haven't there hasn't been more podcast episodes dropping all, you know, all over the podcast world about this situation. A few have mentioned it, but they've been very careful. They, they've they kind of just given you, it's almost like everyone's just copied the basic one or two paragraphs about what happened. They just recite that. No one even wants to give the name of the actual document. Uh, NPR finally placed a link to the document. So we have the document, the document that we are going to be at least mentioning. I'm not going to be reading the whole thing. You can find it at theologycentral.net theologycentral.net. Go to the blog section. You will see the document, the document where we can find the definitive answers. Because as many of you know, this morning, I'm going to read from NPR, Pope Francis approves Catholic blessings for same-sex couples, but not for marriage. Now, my interpretation of this so far has been They're making a distinction with really no difference, but I know that they would claim that's not an accurate representation, but it just seems that the more, if you go back and listen to the first almost hour that we, we, where we discussed this, and that was breaking at that time, and we were still working through it, they make these weird distinctions like, okay, you can make the blessing, but the blessing can't be done if there's a civil union. All right, so there could be a blessing, but there can't be a civil union, okay? But your blessing, however, don't make any, you know, really in-depth moral inquiry about anything. Just give them the blessing. So what does the blessing mean? They don't really, they didn't really articulate it, at least what we could find this morning. What does it not mean? And and there and and then not only that it went beyond just same sex uh, couples. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But let's let's read a little bit from the NPR story. This is the NPR story that was published today at two o nine p.m. Eastern time. All right, so it's three twenty one p.m. Central time. So this is this is a little old, but it's it's one of the the latest ones that we have. All right, I'm going to unplug my iPad here, and here we go. Let's let's read a little bit of this. All right. Pope Francis has granted his formal approval, allowing Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples so long as they do not appear to endorse their marriage. So you can bless them, but don't, don't, don't act like you're, you're supporting their marriage. So even if the, so, but see, that's weird. What do you mean? You're not endorsing their marriage? I thought you couldn't give the blessing if there was a civil union. This says you can bless them, just don't look like you're endorsing their marriage. So can they be married or not married? I don't know. There's so much contradictory information coming out right now. And this is where it's getting very confusing. And it's got to be very frustrating for many in the Catholic Church. 
You want the Pope to speak with clarity. You want the, spo- the Pope to speak in a dogmatic, assertive way where there is clarity and there is unity. Even if there's disagreement, there's at least unity in understanding what you're disagreeing over, right? So, because my understanding is you could give the blessing to a same-sex couple, but there could not be a civil union. Well, this says you can bless the same-sex couple as long as you do not appear to endorse their marriage. And this, and according to NPR, marking the church's most permissive permissive decree yet on the issue of same-sex couples. The declaration published Monday in a new document. Now, let's stop right here. Now, wherever I've heard anyone mention the new document, even in even NPR's audio reporting, they don't mention the name of the document. Okay, even this morning, CNN, they didn't mention the name of the document. Uh, Associated Press, they didn't mention the name of the document. Um, all anything I've listened to, the BBC, they didn't mention the name. Of, nobody wanted to mention the name of the document. CNN, uh, the Associated Press, they didn't even provide a link to the document. Finally, NPR at 2 o'clock at 2.09 p.m. Eastern time, they did give us the name of the document, all right? And here is the name of the document. I kept wanting to hear someone say it because I'm not, you know, super confident in my Latin, but here's the best I can I can do, all right? The name of the document is Fiducia Supplicans. Fiducia Supplicans. Now, please note, that the pronunciation may be different if spoken by someone with a specific linguistic background or an expertise in Latin. No, I've had to take Latin, but by no means. No, 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 don't listen. No, no, no. So, and not only that, I'm from West Texas, but Fiducia Supplicans. Fiducia Supplicans. It is a Latin phrase that translates to humble trust or trustful supplication. Fiducia supplicans, it is a Latin phrase that translates to humble trust or trustful supplication. All right. Now, uh, so that's the name of the document. Um, it um, It is uh, Fiducia supplicans on the pastoral meaning of blessings. On the pastoral meaning of blessings. Now, that is important. Because as we're trying to figure out what does this blessing mean, here's a document on the meaning of blessings. Okay, so we definitely may want to work through this document at at an appropriate time to read it. And here's the reason why. This is so important. And I've already noticed this a couple of times. People read the headlines, they read a paragraph, and boom, they're off to the races. We need to work through the entire document to see if we have a correct understanding. At the time, I didn't even have access to the document because nobody would give me the name of the document or a link. Thanks to NPR, they provided a link and they provided the name of the document. And if you go to theologycentral.net to the blog section, you will see the text. Now, I cut and paste. I apologize. I don't think that maybe maybe there's a copyright on it. But if I gave the link directly to the Vatican site, you were going to probably find it in different languages and trying to find the English version. You may end up missing. So I wanted to provide you the text in English of Fiducia Supplicans so that you can read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. If you read it, Please mark, circle, highlight the parts you find interesting, 
please send that to me. Or if you have questions, please send them to me because I'm going to do my very best to try to make sure we have a correct understanding of this. All right. So let's read this paragraph. The Declaration published Monday in a new document titled Fiducia Supplicants on the Pastoral Meeting of Blessings. And just so that you know, I think I did, if you look, uh, I think I did hear someone pronounce it in Italian and they didn't say supplicants the way I did. So just, you know, once again, West Texas, I'm just being honest with you here. Okay. All right. Uh, this marks a major departure from the Vatican, which only two years ago said God cannot bless sin. And that was in a controversial 2021 decision about same-sex couples. Monday's document was approved by Pope Francis. This is very important. This has the Pope's approval. So what we need to figure out, just so that you know, within Catholicism, within the Catholic Church, different documents have different levels of authority. So we need to know exactly what level of authority this document has or doesn't have, because we don't want to overstate something, but we don't want to understate something. Okay. Uh, They go on to say, this is once again um, from NPR, still the Vatican stressed that marriage remains exclusively between a man and a woman, and any priest granting a blessing to a same-sex couple must avoid any form of confusion or scandal. That could suggest otherwise. Now, here's what's, how are you going to avoid confusion or scandal? Hey, here's a same-sex couple. I'm going to bless them. Hey, but don't get confused, anyone. Don't get, this is not marriage. This is not marriage, but we're blessing them. Well, what does the blessing entail? Does the blessing say that their relationship is okay? Does the blessing say their relationship is right? Does their blessing say that they can engage in physical intimacy and it's okay? So I think just from the start, you're already creating scandal and confusion. Francis, 87, has made liberal liberalization towards LGBTQ Catholics a hallmark of his papacy. Since he became Pope in 2013, he has urged the decriminalization of homosexuality. When asked in 2013 about gay priests, he famously replied, uh, if someone is a gay, if someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has a good will, who am I to judge? Well, then again, I just want, I'm going to make this point over and over. So I'm going to take a little detour here. This has been my issue a lot of times with issues surrounding the LGBTQ world and Christianity, all right? And let me just state, this has always been my confusion. So those in the LGBTQ world get very offended and very upset with Christianity stating homosexuality is a sin. They get very upset. They get very hurt. They say it's bigoted. It's homophobic. All those accusations. And I've always been baffled by it because I've always wanted to raise my hand and go, okay, so you're mad because Christianity condemns your sexual relationship, but what about, so, so, and so then they'll try to argue, well, the Bible doesn't condemn it. The Bible doesn't condemn it. You're not, you know, you're misreading scripture. You're misinterpreting scripture or, or it's a mistranslation and it's a scandal, all the different things that have been said. And sometimes I want to raise my hand. Well, so wait a minute. If, okay, if we're going to remove your sin from being sin, well then well, let's just go down the line. Hey, premarital sex. Okay. Lust. Okay. Fornication. Okay. Adultery. Okay. Polygamy. Okay. Right. 
Like, like, you know what? Like, why not just go down the list? Why is it that it's that sin that we're like, no, 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 you, we can't condemn that. Well, then, look, it, you may not like being condemned. None of us like being condemned. I've got news for everyone. The law of God is an equal opportunity, an equal opportunity condemner. It condemns every single one. It condemns, condemns the most moral. It condemns the most immoral. It condemns good people, quote unquote, bad people, and everyone in between because God's law is beyond our ability to keep it. That's why we need Christ. But it's always this weird thing like, hey, hey, who am I to judge? Okay, well, all right, Mr. Pope, all right, not to be disrespectful, but okay, Pope Francis, I'll say it that way. If you're not going to judge if someone's gay, well, then you can't judge then if someone is an adulterer. It's like there's either a moral standard or there isn't a moral standard. The moral standard that condemns homosexuality, it ultimately that same standard condemns me. I'm just as condemned and as guilty as anyone is a homosexual. And, and, and look, you can sit there thinking you're morally superior. That same standard will condemn you because that standard goes way beyond just sexuality. It goes to loving your enemy, turning the other cheek, doing good, it, it go, loving God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, loving your neighbor, be holy as God is holy. And just go through the law. You're condemned, you're condemned, you're condemned, you're condemned. I'm condemned all day. So it's just so weird. Like, okay, you know, we're, everyone wants to debate. Every, all the debates about it is always baffling to me. On one hand, you have those homosexuality is the worst sin in the history of mankind. Well, okay, I don't know how you're going to quantify which sin is worse than another because all sin is condemned by God. So, I, all right, what, what if you, if you want to play that game? And, and, but we want to make that sin worse than our own sin. And then others want to minimize that sin, but still maintain a standard against other sin. And it's like... <laughs> Can we can we just figure out what the standard is? But let, let, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took a little detour there. Let's continue. Monday's declaration. Okay, now they just go through some of the things that we've already read multiple times. Um Okay, so we, there's a much more here that we could read, but we've most of what NPR covers is basically a rehash of what's already been covered all day. CNN, Associated Press, BBC, ABC, everyone else. And some of you have already emailed me multiple uh, news articles, but most of the news articles are all relatively saying the same thing. So I did a little bit of digging and a little bit of work on this to try to find some more information. And I am not a hundred percent on everything, but I, but I am going to at least raise some questions. I'm going to present some of this information in more of a question form for us to consider. And then maybe we can do more information or we can do more research to, to gather more information so that we can possibly make sure that we are correct. Now I took this from a Catholic website because I've been looking for the Catholic responses. Now here's a little bit of information. This is their story, all right? Fiducia supplicants, what does it say? And this comes from PillarCatholic.com. You may want to look for this, all right? But as far as I'm understanding, this is a Catholic website, and so this may give us some information. All right, here we go. The Vatican's doctrinal office issued a declaration Monday addressing the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations and same-sex couples. Now, that... What everyone seems to be skipping is the irregular situations. Everyone just goes to same-sex couples. Boom. That's it. 
They put the blinders on and I'm still, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe the story is, wait, so you can bless couples who are in an irregular situation? What does that mean? And same-sex couples. What is the irregular situations? Is the irregular situations sexual relationships? So is this basically you can bless anyone who's in a sexually immoral relationship? Is that is that what I'm getting? All right. So so is this a, an abandonment of of like what is, look what is happening here? Okay. Well, then they have a picture of Pope Francis, but this is when he was like. Clearly, he wasn't the Pope at the time of this picture. I don't know when this was taken. All right, but uh, this, this is a long time ago. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. This is uh, one of the cardinals, Victor Manuel Fernandez. All right, because he is uh, a part of the, the group here that helped put this document together. I don't know, for some reason, I was like, that's a young Pope Francis. Okay, well, it's not Pope Francis. All right, here we go. In a preamble... For the 5,000-word document, Fiducia Supplicants issued December the 18th, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez said that the text marked a specific and innovative contribution to the pastoral meaning of blessings. Now, please note, it's a 5,000-word document. I know in our culture... We like sound bites. We like headlines. We don't like much else. But it probably would be good if we read the entire 5,000 words as we move forward. Now, right now, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to follow the developing story. I've now posted the 5,000 docu word document so that you can read it for yourself. And I would strongly suggest that we all do that. All right, here we go. Uh, he, uh, he goes on to say, such theological reflection based on the pastoral vision of Pope Francis implies a real development from what has been said about blessings in the magisterium and the official text of the church. Uh, the prefect of the diocesanatry of the doctrine of faith uh, wrote, all right? Okay, now, this is interesting. So this really is a lot about blessings. It seems like they're kind of going in the direction that this is kind of a, a interest. It's a real development in our understanding of blessings. And it says, what does the declaration, which is likely to provoke passionate reactions around the Catholic world actually say? Here's a brief, brief guide. So here's a brief guide. All right. Now, this is important. I'm going to, I'm going to pose this in question forms. This document is classified as a declaration. This document is classified as a declaration. I think that is significant, right? Because my understanding, and I could be wrong, I believe this is one of the most important level of documents that is issued by the Vatican's doctrine department. When you when they label it as a declaration, I think that's one of the most important levels. I, I, don't, I don't think I can't say it's the highest level, but it maybe it's it's put it this way: it's an extremely important level of a for a document to be declared a declaration that's issued by the Vatican's doctrine department. That means there's some form of authority to this. 
There's a level of authority to this. It's not just, oh, the Pope just made this side comment giving a, an interview to some newspaper in, in Rome. No, no, no. This is much more. This is a declaration. I believe, now according to this source, and I believe this to be true, to understand how rare this is, is I think the last such declaration was Dominus Isus, which was, I believe, in the year 2000. So that would be if the last declaration was given in 2000, it's now 2023, meaning this is a somewhat rare level of document to be released. All right? Um, and remember that document, Dominus Isus, uh, definitely, definitely had some strong reactions too. All right? The new declaration on the pastoral meaning of blessings consists of an initial presentation by Cardinal Fernandez, followed by 45 numbered paragraphs organized into an introduction, four sections, and supported by 31 numbered footnotes. The text Fiducia, I don't want to say Fiducia, Fiducia supplicants comes from its incept uh, or opening the the supplicating trust of the faithful people of God receive the gift of blessing that flows from the heart of Christ through the church. The declaration is dated December the 18th. It's signed by Fernandez uh, and uh, also the secretary uh, for the Department of what doctrinal, I can't remember the name of their, it's the, the Vatican's doctrinal department. I don't remember the entire name. It's, it's abbreviated here. Who had a private audience with Pope Francis on the same day. Uh, the text was not issued in a particular formula in which a, uh, a document is effectively co-signed by the Pope, given it full papal weight. All right. So it wasn't, it was, so it wasn't issued in a way that would that would give it a full papal weight. Hmm. So are they taking it to a certain level and then stopping? They're not going that next step. I don't know. All right. I'm sorry. I'm knocking the uh, microphone. Let me read here if there's anything else. Uh, the December 18th document's introduction explains why the doctrinal office is returning to the theme of blessings again. It says that questions of both a formal and informal nature about the possibility of blessing same-sex couples continued to swirl, uh, to swirl despite its 2021 ruling, which it noted had elicited numerous and varied reactions. Remember, in the 2021 ruling is, you cannot bless sin. So they're like, hey, we have to readdress this. To help those who thought that that ruling was not sufficiently clear. (laughs) That just makes me laugh. Hey, it's not sufficiently clear when it says we cannot bless sin. Okay. this, This group decided to take up the theme again and offer a vision that draws together the doctrinal aspects in the pastoral ones in a coherent manner. In the first section... The blessings and the sacrament of marriage, the text rules out any rites and prayers that could create confusion between marriage and other forms of union not recognized by the church. It underlines the validity of the perennial Catholic doctrine of marriage. So, okay. So, in the first section, they're like, here's the blessings and the sacrament of marriage. Now, you cannot take any of that 
and use that in the blessing of any other couple in a different type of situation. So they're, they're trying to, again, trying to make a, a distinction, but is it a distinction without a difference? They would say, no, for me, you're like, well, you're still blessing them. Yeah, but it's not a marriage. It's not a marriage, but you're blessing them. What is the blessing saying? And that's the first section. The second section, the meaning of the various blessings. This is the declaration's longest section. The text reflects on the meaning of blessings, which it describes among as as being among the most widespread and evolving sacramentals. It considers blessings from a liturgical, biblical, and theological perspective. That's probably the section you really need to focus on. These are different blessings. What do they do? What does it mean when a priest blesses a same-sex couple or blesses a couple who's in a irregular situation, as they put it? What does that mean? What does that blessing, does that, and what does it convey? What does it confer? What does it do? What does it not do? And, and, and I know from a non-Catholic perspective, we'll say, well, it doesn't do anything, but what does it do according to their own teaching? And does it contradict? Like, it's not a marriage. Well, but, but what does it do? Are, are you saying it? Well, I, I need to know specifics. It should be outlined clearly in my mind. Regarding the liturgical meaning of blessings, it says that a liturgical blessing requires that what is blessed be conform, conformed to God's will as expressed in the teachings of the church. Okay, so for a liturgical blessing, I'm, I'm understanding that to mean a blessing that would be given in a liturgy, in a liturgical setting, mass, etc. Now for that kind of blessing, what is blessed must be conformed to God's will. Therefore, same-sex marriage, same-sex couple, or a, a couple in an irregular situation could not be blessed in a liturgical setting because that would require being conformed to God's will. All right. Once again, they're trying to make a distinction. It says, basing itself on these considerations, the con Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith's explanatory notes to its 2021 uh, recalls that when a blessing is invoked on certain human relations by a certain human relationships by a special liturgical rite, it is necessary that what is blessed corresponds with God's designs written in creation and fully revealed by the Christ the Lord, it says. Now, this is where it's going to get really confusing to me. So, all right, so there are different blessings. The liturgical blessing, what is being blessed, has to conform, has to, as it says, correspond to God's design written in creation. So there's a liturgical blessing. Now, my question is, okay, if you're going to draw these very fine lines and go, this is the liturgical blessing, does the liturgical blessing do something different than a non-liturgical blessing? What do, do you get something different from a non-liturgical blessing than you do from a liturgical blessing? Inquiring minds would like to know because, like, oh, look, they get the liturgical blessing. I'm sorry, you get the non-liturgical blessing. Their blessing comes with all of these benefits. But wait, there's more. But for you, 
I'm sorry. We'll send you home with some parting gifts. And these, this is a good blessing, but it's not as good as the liturgical one. Now, if you will conform to God's will, then you get the good one. Is, is that like, it seems so just, I don't know. I know, I know I may be saying it in a sarcastic way, but that's what it feels like. It feels ridiculous to me. All right. Um, so um, it says, it is necessary in a liturgical blessing and a, a liturgical rite that it corresponds with God's design written in creation and fully revealed by Christ the Lord. For this reason, since the church has always considered only those sexual relations that are lived out within marriage to be morally licit, the church does not have the power to confer its liturgical blessing when, th- when that would somehow offer a form of moral legitimacy to a union that presumes to be a marriage or an extramarital sexual practice, right? So, hey, we can't give you the liturgical blessing. We can't because if it presumes to be a marriage, but it doesn't meet the biblical requirement or you're involved in an extramarital sexual practice, you cannot get the blessing. It's got to be conformed to God's will. Now, again, I, look, you want to make the distinction? Great. I just want to know what's the difference in the blessing. Now, concerning blessings and scripture, the declaration notes a continuity in the meaning of blessing in the Old and New Testament, where blessings can be ascending, meaning they refer to God the Father, and descending, that they are poured out on others as a gesture of grace, protection, and goodness. So it looks like within the document, they do a little bit of kind of a, maybe a mini biblical search for what how blessing is used in the Bible. I mean, how is blessing used in the Bible? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I, th- I think that does raise a good theological issue. Maybe we need to do a topical study on blessing. Now, I don't, I don't, maybe we'd have to do a thematic. I don't know. It would be it would be a big undertaking. I don't know how many times the word blessing is used in the Bible, but I bet you it is a lot. I bet bless, blessing, bless. I bet I bet you there's different variations. I bet you it would be a lot, and that would be all. But maybe we have to do a thorough search to see does the Bible does the Bible even hint at different levels of bless? Hey, this is a blessing. I don't think the Bible's going to draw a distinction between a liturgical blessing and a scriptural blessing. I don't think so. All right. But let, let's see where they're going to go here. All right. Let's see where they're going to go, go here. Um, in his mystery of love through Christ, God communicates to his church the power to bless. It says, granted by God to human beings and bestowed by them on their neighbors, the blessing is transformed into inclusion, solidarity, and peacemaking. So according to them, God has granted to the church the power to bless. So this, the church has it. Now, now that it seems that what they're claiming, the church has the power to bless, but then there's different blessings that the church can offer. And one would be the liturgical one. And that would be the one that requires conformity to God's will. But if you say conformity to God's will, does that mean you cannot bless someone unless they're perfectly conformed to God's will or only conformed to God's will in a specific situation? Yeah, that raises all kinds of questions as well. Here we go. Addressing the theological pastoral understanding of blessings, the text emphasizes the value of a more pastoral approach. From the point of view of pastoral care, blessings should be evaluated as acts of devotion that are external to the celebration of the Holy Eucharist and the other sacraments. 
It says, quoting the Vatican liturgy, liturgy's directory on popular piety and the liturgy. All right, so I guess that there's when when you're from pastoral care, blessings should be evaluated as acts of devotion that are external to the Holy Eucharist and other sacraments. The Church, moreover, must shy away from resting its pastoral praxis on the fixed nature of certain doctrinal or disciplinary schemes, especially when they lead to a narcissistic and authoritarian elitism, whereby instead of evangelizing, one analyzes and classifies others. Instead of opening the door to grace, one exhausts his or her energies and inspecting and verifying, says the declarating, citing Pope Francis. That's an interesting statement. So when when a the church must shy away from this almost like well you can't give a blessing here you can't give a blessing here because it becomes narcissistic authoritarian authoritarian elitism as he uses the words. Thus the this goes on to describe when people ask for a blessing an exhaustive moral analysis should not be placed as a precondition for conferring it. So you don't have to examine. And we've been, we talked about that this morning. For those seeking a blessing, it should not be required to have moral perfection. So you don't need to be morally perfect. And there shouldn't be much searching it out. Now, while repeating Pope Francis' July statement cautioning against officially establishing procedures or rituals, the declaration says that the pastoral prudence and wisdom avoiding all serious forms of scandal and confusion among the faithful may suggest that ordained ministers join in the prayer of, the, of those persons who, although in union that cannot be compared in any way to a marriage, desire to entrust themselves to the Lord and his mercy to invoke his help and to be guided to greater understanding of his plan of love and of truth. Right, so, hey, you're in a union of some sort. doesn't even have to be same sex. You're just in some u- union, extramarital union. Well, we can't call it a marriage, but hey, you come on and you'll get blessed and this will be spiritually advantageous to you. Now, it doesn't seem that there's any requirement for you to repent. I don't know if there's even a requirement for you to acknowledge that the relationship you're in is even sinful. I think you can just... You just get the blessing, and I still don't really know exactly what the blessing does. And what does it do that's different from the liturgical one? Now, the third section is blessings of couples in irregular situations and of couples of the same sex. Now, it says that the preceding consideration shows there is a possibility of blessing for couples in irregular situations and for couples of the same sex. But it insists that the form should not be fixed ritually by ecclesial authorities to avoid producing confusion within the blessing proper to the sacrament of marriage. So it should not be a specific ritual in how you do this blessing. All right, but so what does that mean? If you don't have a specific ritual, is the blessing not as powerful? Is it, is it less? In such cases, a blessing may be imparted that not only has an ascending value, but also involves the invocation of a blessing that descends from God upon those who, recognizing themselves to be destitute and in need of his help, 
do not claim a legitimate a legitimation of their own status, but who beg that all that is true, good, and humanly valid in their lives and their relationship be enriched, healed, and evaluated by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, so I guess in some ways you're coming having to admit that you need help, but are you coming saying that you need help for your same-sex relationship? Like are, that would be a requirement, and they seem to say that there's no requirement. So is that a requirement or not? That you have to recognize yourself destitute and in need of help. What do you need help for? I need help because I have same-sex attraction. Or I need help because of pornography. Or I need help because of adultery. Or I need help because I'm in this extramarital relationship. Okay, well then you get the blessing so that you can get help to get out of it. Is that is that the idea? They they still they don't seem to uh, uh, describe it that way. The declaration says that Pope Francis wants these non-ritualized blessings to remain spontaneous, never losing their quality as simple gestures that provide an effective means of increasing trust in God on the part of the people who ask for them, careful that they should not become a liturgical or semi-liturgical act similar to a sacrament. The text stresses that Catholics should neither provide for nor promote a ritual for the blessings of couples in an irregular situation, but at the same time, not prevent or prohibit the church from responding to people seeking God's help through a simple blessing. In a brief prayer preceding this spontaneous blessing, the ordained minister could ask that the individuals have peace, health, a spirit of patience, uh, dialogue and mutual assistance, but also God's light and strength to be able to fulfill his will completely, it su- suggests. Speaking of couple and irregular situations, the text adds that to avoid confusion or scandal, blessings must never be imparted in concurrence with the ceremony of a civil union, not even in connection with them. Okay, so that's the thing. So I guess you can be married. You can have a civil union. This offers clarification. You just can't do it in connection with it or in conjunction with it. You can't be like, oh, we're going to get married and we would like for you to come bless us. No, 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 no. You can't be in conjunction. You have to wait two or three days later. Then you can get blessed, I guess. You can't just be in connection with it, I guess. I, 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 yeah, that's. All right. Uh, Nor can it be performed with any clothing, gestures, or words that are proper to a wedding. The same applies when the blessing is requested by a same-sex couple. So you can't do anything that would make it look like a wedding. The declaration proposes that a simple blessing can be offered in other contexts, such as a visit to a shrine, a meeting with a priest, a prayer, recited in a group, or during a pilgrimage. All right? uh, So it could be offered in any other context, such as visiting a shrine and offer some. The third section ends by insisting that these principles are sufficient to guide the prudent uh, and fatherly discernment of ordained ministers and that no further response should be expected about possible ways to regulate details or practicalities regarding blessings of this type. Hey, don't look for any more instruction. This should be sufficient. You're good to go now. All right, everyone go and figure it out. Now, there's more here. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to challenge you to go to PillarCatholic.com. That's Pillar, P-I-L-L-A-R, Catholic, obviously, C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C, PillarCatholic.com. Look at that article um, and you can tell me what you think about that. That's that's probably the best I have found so far, offering kind of a kind of a more detailed explanation. Now they may feel that clarifies everything. I don't, I still don't I don't think it clarifies anything. Hey, a liturgical blessing? No, you can't have that. But you can have this other blessing. 
Okay. Hey, 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 we, we, the, the, your relationship is still sinful. Okay. But I'm getting blessed. Do I, is there a requirement for me to stop the sinful action to get blessed? Well, no, 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 you can be blessed. Okay. Or, it, 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 Look, it's one thing for a person to come saying, hey, you know, Father, bless me or Lord, bless me or whatever the case may be. It's another thing when you bring the relationship, the irregular one, the extramarital one or the same sex one to be blessed. That to me seems you're literally having the very thing that is sinful to be blessed. It just seems odd to me. But there, so you can go to theologycentral.net. Go to the blog section. You can read the entire article. Go to, let me read that website to you one more time, pillarcatholic.com. You can read the article I just read to you. The article is entitled, Fiducia Supplicants, What Does It Say? And you could just do a search for that. Fiducia Supplicants is spelled F-I-D-U-C-I-A, Fiducia, Supplicants, S-U-P-P-L-I-C-A, N.S. Fiducia supplicants. All right. And there was another word in there that I I know I was messing up. Hang on. Let me look here really quick. I don't think it's going to help me here. I think it was... Uh, well, it doesn't give me... That was going to give me, see here, I think it's this word. I did mention it here. Dicastery. 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 I think I said disas, disastery. Dicastery. Dicastery. All right. And uh, so there, I apologize for that. And a dicastery, if you don't know, is the court. It's a court. A place where the court sat. Dicastery. So it, I guess it's the dicastery, like the court, the office for for. Uh, Do, for doctrine there, because it mentioned the dicastery a few times in there. So, all right. I think I, think I clarified everything there. All right. I think that's, I think that's where we're going to stop for now. We're, we're just trying to follow this story today and keep bringing you information and doing our best to dig into it in a way that maybe others will not dig into and uh, point you to the right resources. So today, your resources are simple. Go to theologycentral.net, go to the blog section. Boom, you'll be you'll be fit, you'll be set right there. You can read the entire document for yourself. The other one was pillarcatholic.com. I think I closed it out by accident. pillarcatholic.com. Yeah, I don't know where I put the other uh, article. pillarcatholic.com and uh, that should uh, get you what you need. All right? I think it should. All right. Yeah, I've got a million things open here. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's everything you should need. All right. In fact, I'm going to do something. I'm going to put pillarcatholic.com. Well, the first thing that shows up is the site. So you may have to look for the article. Again, the name of the article is Fiducia Supplicants. What does it say? You should be able to do a search for it. I want you to have all those resources. Check them out. Please check them out. Look at them carefully. You can correct me wherever I made mistakes. And uh, then you'll be thoroughly informed on the situation and what, what it actually means and what it doesn't mean so that we have a correct understanding, so we can speak of it correctly. All right? 
Now, again, I think I could be wrong. I think this is going to create some major turmoil within the Catholic Church. And I think many of your family, friends, and acquaintances who are very conservative Catholics, they may have some serious issues with this. And, well, you can let them voice their frustration and then maybe you can then pull them to maybe scripture. And I don't know. Maybe maybe in a subtle but slow but, but understanding way, point them away from the Catholic Church. But you can tell me what you think. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you. This is a developing story as we continue to get reactions and responses to it. We'll talk about it as necessary and as you tell me if you're interested in it or not. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.